It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Pussy poppin' telecoppers, ha ah, ha You can't catch them, you can't stop them I go by them goon rules, 
Waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no heart. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. Thinking, will I live another 24? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Got him. What is up, folks? It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. It is Monday. We are, we're going to do it all again. We're doing this whole thing we call a week. We have to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday until we get some sort of reprieve on this Saturday, Sunday thing. Really, I feel like we didn't learn anything from COVID. Why not throw in Friday? I keep saying this and I don't want to get, I don't want it to actually get into government to try to push it. So if anybody in government is listening, please, my idea is we'll call it COVID remembrance, but like, you know, casual COVID, like on Fridays when casual Friday, casual COVID remembrance, even though we're still in COVID, we include Friday, Saturday, Friday is a weekend. We can do, we can do anything we want. And when we promise whoever our employers are that we'll work extra hard Monday through Thursday, you know, because guys, I had a full weekend this weekend. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't survive it. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more COVID in my life. I don't want to get it. I don't want my friends to get it. I don't want you to get it. But I just can't keep up with this pace, folks. How dare these things start happening? Friends are wanting to hang out again. Concerts are, are needing to be seen. <laughs> Places. I mean, I hear there's a thing called a mall you can go to. Now, a lot of you guys don't live in Los Angeles, so you have to understand it is a little bit of a Rip Van Winkle effect for any Los Angelinos or Angelinos is that, you know, it was pretty strict for the most part. The further you get out into Orange County in those areas, it's less strict. But, you know, I'm in the heart of uh, of a lot of these areas. So it really is this weird thing where, like, you forget how to um, you forget how to walk in public. Like, so first off, I did, I'll just, you know, I'm. I'm in a livid mood. It is Sunday night. It's 1131 PM. I don't know what, you know, those things you just, you're like, why can I not? I I have a couple ideas of why I'm in a bad mood. And I'm just going to share that with you guys. I try to be Mr. Positive on here, uh, but I just, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but it's, I'm going to say it in an upbeat way, but I don't feel, I don't feel uh, great. And I think what it is, I have a voiceover lesson tomorrow and it's a really good voiceover teacher and you do it over Zoom, but I didn't really do my homework and I know she's going to be hypercritical. And then you're like a grown man that didn't do what he was supposed to do. And um, I'm, you know, when you're prepping to get yelled at, 
Now I was married, so that happened a lot in my past. Uh, but when you're just like, fuck, I got to get that hour over with and then it'll be fine. And I'll try to be all chipper, but just know at 1130 Pacific standard time tomorrow for an hour, I might getting my ass handed to me and it won't matter. It won't, I can say, Hey, I have a podcast where I talk five days a week. People comment how much they like my voice will not matter. And by the way, she's right. But sometimes it'll be one of those things where you'll start, you'll be like here at Ralph's grocery, excuse me, stop, stop, Ryan, what are you doing? You hit the G and grocery here at Ralph's Gro- Ryan, you didn't listen to the note. Ryan, come on. Come on. What are you doing over there? Your mic sounds like shit. Well, it's a good mic. Well, it sounds like shit, Ryan. And I just have this. And this, by guys, this is over a phone call. This is not even in person. You know, there's just certain people that scare you and intimidate you. And the no matter how old you get, you will always feel intimidated by, you know? It's weird. And I find myself now growing out of that in certain ways. Like, you know, this podcast, I think, has helped enormously in terms of uh, confidence. Like, I wish I could go back. If I could go back to me when I was a little kid, I would I would say, hey, get a podcast immediately. Of course, I would have to explain what a podcast is to him. And he'd be like, why is there a creepy older man in my bedroom? And I'd be like, I'm you. And it's like, that's creepy. And then he would shout out for my mom and dad. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Where you're just like... Uh, people sometimes, oh my God, I sound like such a douche. You know, people can be intimidating folks. Have you ever heard that? So I'm just going to, I'm going to rant a bunch of, uh, just, I'm just going to get it out. I'm going to get the poison out right now and you're going to have to hear it. And remember there's timestamps. If you, if you want to like this, if you want to hate it, go for it. Um, a lot of people are feeling really randy online lately. I don't know. I think we're out of Gatorade or Mercury or whatever the crap that is. We're out of it. Yet people, fu- people are feeling real free to be mean lately. I don't know if it's just with me or with everybody. Uh, but like people are feeling real like free to like leave wild comments about this podcast or something. But I do want to warn everybody again. Like we're all friends here. Like and I, I we, we really are for the most part. But it'll always shock me, somebody that's listening for the new the first time. And I always I always joke about this, especially in the Beverly Hills recaps, because I'm like, if you just stumbled on this and you heard like, wake up, Lisa Rinna, because that's my beautiful Lisa Rinna voice. And I talk, you know, I talk sexy time, which by the way, I'm not talking sexy time like, hey, let's why don't you check out my junk, everybody? Like there's nothing, but you know, I'm free with how I'm I'm talking about the real my real world, my sad little real world. And some lady, I posted this on my Instagram, my Twitter, because I was just so blown out by it to the fact where I was like, ah, I think this, like, you got to accept. And it's so funny with podcasting, or maybe it's any art form, or maybe it's even like you guys with your jobs, is that, you know, like my mom always said, you know, just some people are never going to like you, right? But then some people, I just like, some people I almost think like target you or they want to take away your joy or they want to take, they want to take you down a peg. And I get that. I totally, totally get that. But this person wrote something of like, your Lisa Rinna imitation is horrible. And all you talked was sex and filth. And that was in the first 10 minutes. And I was like, first off, if I wasn't me and I read that, I'd be like, I got to hear that immediately. That sounds amazing. But second off, it looked like it was some older lady. And then it like, you know, like my grandma or something. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to upset my grandma. And I don't mean like, she's like, but you know what I'm saying? You're like, I know. But like, if you, if you listen to a lot of my podcasts, you'll get who I am. And that's why sometimes those Friday episodes are funnier because I just go off. Like I go, you know, 
balls to the wall. I go testicles to the wall. Okay, I'm going to say the proper name and not a sexy name like balls. Um, but uh, yeah, it cracked me up. But those things, you know, I mean, we're like that. I, I, you know, these things. But then I was thinking about it. It's kind of like the housewives. I go so hard on Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane. Well, Erica Jane, especially uh, Lisa Rinna, super annoying. But at the same time, it might hurt them. So this comes with the territory. And I guess I should be happy that that some people are not liking it because that means it's getting out there. That means it's getting a little bigger, you know, and I've got to toughen up and I got to have a thicker skin and not be a pussy and all that stuff. Um, but t- speak, Oh, this is the other thing that upset me. I have been living about this for a week. Now I talked a little bit about this on the Patreon. I did a real housewives of Salt Lake recap, but I'll just kind of ramble like I'm doing now for the first like 20 minutes. It's called freestyle rambling riff. And, um, I so Maritza Lopez, who uh, does all of the show graphics, and on the Patreon, we I've got to we got to get back to it. It's my fault entirely, but we did we do like a shooting the shit with Maritza and Ryan, where we just talk crap. We just talk as friends. It's like how our actual conversation would be if we talked. We just record it, so there's no real point to it. It just kind of meanders, but it's really good and it's really funny because our conversations are good and funny, and she's a really funny person. Um, but you know. Will Medita will always talk about uh, well, and this almost makes her sound in a funny way. She'll talk about dongs, you know, the male genitalia. And I could have sworn she had sent me a picture of Travis Barker's dong. Um, once again, folks, I warned you that we talk sexy time on here, so please do not get angry that this is happening. There are so many other podcasts that I can I can point you in the right direction that are clean as a whistle, lovely people. You're going to enjoy them, but I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Just trying to talk real with y'all. <laughs> about Travis Barker's dong. <laughs> um, okay, so I could have sworn last week that Maditza sent me a picture of Travis Barker's dong. And that it's besides the point who sent it, but it turns out it wasn't Maditza. It was my friend Megan who sent me the picture of Travis Barker's dong. And the whole point is not, not who sent it, but the dong itself. And this is what makes me livid. It, it pains me to say, it pains me to say that Travis Barker has a big dong. And I just don't feel that's fair. And and Medisa said, you got to always worry about the lanky ones, the tall, the string beans. You always got to worry about them, you know? And I, I don't know where, you know, but you always got to, those are the ones, you know, so that means Machine Gun Kelly probably has a big dong and you know how I feel about him. And it's just not, and I'm not saying, yeah, I mean, this is like, my, I'm getting it off my chest. I'm not in a good mood. You can tell. So I'm saying I don't have a small dong, but I'm saying I'm not a string bean. I have thick thighs. Thick thighs can't lie. So like Schwartz said in Vanderpump Rules uh, two episodes ago, the thigh to dong ratio is off. And I'm just going to shout this is out loud. I feel like every, like, I feel like if I had tiny Travis Barker legs, my dong would be so much more impressive. But I have big Ryan Bailey thick thighs can't lie legs. And so then the dong is not as impressive. And so I sent my first uh, dick pic today to Sophie Ross, who is our Monday guest. As always, you'll hear the moment when I uh, send it and I've never sent a dick pic, but I, I, I think it still counts, even though it was not my uh, dick, but it was Travis Barker. So that is still the first penis I have sent online. Uh, so that was an exciting moment. I feel like one with the male race right now, because I hear that is something that all males love to send are dick pics. And I'm sending Travis Barker dick pics. Um, and as Maritza Lopez said earlier, she said, his balls seem like fluffy, uh, fluffy pillows, I think. 
And I, I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful statement. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you're just going to go with me on this. But I wish I had a more male audience. You know, I... Yeah, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm really proud of my... I am getting to the point where I can edit really quickly and you're like, this is called editing? No, no, no. Uh, remember, timestamps, folks. You can skip right to Sophie Ross. Uh, let's see. What did I do? <laughs> what did I do this week? Okay, so uh, I was supposed to be in Miami, you guys. I was supposed to be in Miami with my friends Rebecca and Emily, and I was going to see uh, my friend Danielle, and I was, I was, I was, uh, and, and I uh, didn't go. There was going to be a music festival. It turns out, thank God it was raining, but I couldn't go. And uh, I ended up going to... Uh, some amazing shows down here. And um, so Bon Iver, if you listen to this show, I love Bon Iver. I used to play, I used to do this segment called uh, So Sad It's Good. And you can still find that playlist on Spotify. Just search So Sad It's Good and it will pop up. And you can add sad songs onto it. It was kind of a collaborative thing. And I think there's like 580 sad songs on there. It'll really, because sad songs, they mean everything. Like right now I could... I could fully bum out. You know what I'm like? You just got to be careful with bumming out because if you go too far in listening to sad songs, it could really ruin your week. But if you do just enough sad song, if you just give yourself one or two a day, that's like pretty good. It just makes you more in touch with your feelings. Um, but you need that. Like I love if I love bumming out to sad songs when I'm not sad and when I'm sad, whew. I mean, it really, but anyways, I, Bon Iver is a band fronted by Justin Vernon and the musicality of this band, I, I cannot speak enough of, but, uh, they had just opened the YouTube theater, which is part of the SoFi stadium, which they had just built. Uh, it's where the Super Bowl is going to happen this year. I hear that's like a sports game with football and, um, you know, got to see him celebrate their second album called Bon Iver, which has been 10 years since that album. And, you know, I think I talked a little bit about this on Friday's show, maybe. Or I, I'm Every show gets kind of like lumped into one big show in my head. So I apologize if you've heard all of this already. Uh, but it just, the, the experience of going to see it, like they were, it was very safe yet. You wore your mask the entire time, which I was totally cool with. But the lighting was so beautiful and the sound. You guys, I never thought I would be a sound geek, but I think I'm becoming a sound geek. It was so beautiful. And all of these songs that I had cried to, that I had gotten a divorce to, that I had, you know, like those songs. I used to drive around listening to this one song, Holocene, all the time. And I swear to God, I couldn't even tell the lyrics at first of this song, but it would just be the swelling of the music would like touch something in your soul and it would kind of explode into all of these sad fireworks. Like that's what some of this album did for me. And I got to watch it live and it was so cool. It was so cool. And then, uh, and then Saturday, uh, completely different experience. Uh, my friend Megan got tickets to Jimmy world and taking back Sunday. And there was a bunch of other, um, screamo bands as Megan calls it. Um, and, uh, but it turns out I got really, really drunk at the Boney Vera concert because it was kind of like my, like in terms of podcasting, once I get that Beverly Hills episode out, it's usually like Friday's my day, but my dongle, my there was a piece of my computer broken and I had to get it fixed. Uh, so I, so it kind of sucked in terms of interviews that day. I didn't get to do it. But then, so once the afternoon hit and we, I knew I had to go to the concert, I knew I got to go to the concert, I was like 
pumped to just kind of do something. It had been a really busy week. I had talked to so many people. Like it just went and I had pushed, like I, I, I got scared at least once or twice every day, which I think is really good in terms of growth is try, try to scare yourself a little bit, try to push past those, uh, those places you don't think you can go. And I got to do that a lot last week, thanks to you guys. I can't wait for you to hear some of the results. Um, so it's that one night you get to really cut loose. So I really cut loose. And I think, you know, so we were just, we were just drinking. Like we were just, I mean, classy, but still drinking. And of course, you know, it's so hard to drink with a mask on, but still like, it was just like already buzz going into the concert. And it got, and, and the thing was like, when I get drunk, Save a couple times, and I can like count those on my like one hand. Uh, I I think I'm usually a really happy uh, drunk. In fact, I'm the kind of drunk that you know those guys or girls. You guys all do this. You wake up after like a bad night, and you're like, "Who did I text? Oh my god, who did I text?" And you're like all worried. I usually never have to worry. The texts I send are like love texts to my friends. Like I texted my buddy Nick, who I talk about all the time on this, saying like, I love you, brother. Uh, you have a baby now, but just know you're like, you know, you've always been the leader and I'm here with this, watching this music that you got me into and just wanted you to know you were here in spirit. Like I'm saying like just shit where it's like the next day, it's like, it's not cringy, but it's not not cringy. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I just get real I want to tell everybody that that's in my life. I love them because sometimes, you know, and this is definitely something I need to work on with my therapist is, uh, sometimes it's hard for me if a mic isn't on or if I don't have, if I haven't had those couple of bony bear drinks, it's sometimes hard for me to express how much I care and feel for people. Wow. This is really going in a different. Hi, happy Monday. You guys, how about that? I bet you wish I was talking about dongs now. No, um, so sometimes, so anyways, I was doing, I was being like happy, buzz drunk, but then it turns out my body, and I don't know if any of this is like for you guys, is old and it hurts the next day to the point where you're like, holy shit, I feel, I said, I feel like an alcohol factory and I don't want to be here. This is horrible. Please make this go, <laughs> make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Make me a bird. Um, and so we had to drive all the way to Orange County. We got to drive all the way to Orange County to see Jimmy Eat World and Taking Back Sunday, which was good. But you know, when you're just like, so I was just like stone cold sober for that one. And just, and it was good. Jimmy Eat World is a band I grew up with in Tempe, Arizona, and it means the world to me, that band. Their album, Bleed American, is really in my top 10. You know, those albums that you find when it comes out that speaks to everything that you're going through that summer or that winter or that fall or that spring. That was one of the albums for me. It was like that pinnacle year in my life where so many different things changed. And that was one of the soundtracks to that time period. So when you hear... Oh man, when you hear one of those songs, it just, bam, it just hits you everywhere. And it's so exciting. And what's so cool about any of these shows, and I talk about fandom a lot. This show is about fandom. This show is about pop culture. This show is about the passion we have for all of these reality shows, the music that we love. It's good to be passionate. Lean in, lean in. And what was so cool about both of these shows, totally different sets of people, totally different sets of people. It was so cool to see the uh, the, the bleed America the the Jimmy Eat World and Taking Back Sunday. It was all these kind of like um, I'm trying to think of how you would describe them, but like very different than the Bony Vare crowd. 
But you could tell if you looked around at either concert, people were, you know, especially at the Taking Back Sunday, screaming the lyrics. You could tell it meant something. You could tell it was all this communal experience. And that, and that's what I said on Friday, which, by the way, I listened to some of that back. Sorry it sounded like it was in an echo chamber. I, I, I explained that night it, my dongle broke, so I couldn't plug my mic in. So I was talking into a voice memo and then trying to, like, manipulate that audio. But I was up until 4.30 or 5 with it on um, Friday morning. But I didn't want to not do it. I wanted to make sure it got out. So I am very aware. Please save the bad reviews. I am very aware it sounded bad, but I just wanted you guys to have it because it's really important for me to, uh, I don't know. I just don't want to ever let you down in terms of that episode, especially those Beverly Hill, Hills ones means a lot to me, but I think I got it fixed now. I hope this sounds okay. Um, but I was listening to some of that back and I know I said in the beginning, you know, I, I gave this big speech, but I tend to get, um, Ernest. I, I think that's the word. And I was watching Jason Sudeikis on Saturday Night Live. He hosted and he gave this really beautiful opening monologue. that was very earnest about like the magic and how many comedians had graced the SNL stage and how much good music and being a kid. You know, he said, uh, this show has changed my life twice, once by being on it for 10 years and once when I was a kid watching from home. And that's it exactly, man. Like these things that we love. That's why I keep trying to impress it to everybody is that, you know, I'm trying to learn to um, follow my instincts, to trust my gut. And I feel like our fandom is our gut telling us we like something. So listen to that. Listen to all of these things and don't be ashamed ever. Love it, love it, love it. This is our, this is our map. This is our map to, to find the cool people that we love. You know, by admitting I love all of this stuff, and I don't mean admitting, I always told people I like this stuff, but by, by doing this, I've met so many cool people because of this, by just leaning in. You know, um, I don't know if I said this on Friday, but I do want to, this is, uh, pretty much the week of the two year anniversary, uh, of this podcast. Uh, it's, I mean, you guys, if you knew like the numbers and what's happened and all that stuff in the last two years, I mean, but you are all a part of it, but I, I do want to thank a couple people if I didn't on Friday. And like I said, some of that stuff blends in. So I'm just going to do it again. And I'm going to err on the side of overthinking than underthinking. So, uh, uh, first off, of course, Maritza Lopez, who I already talked, you know, about the dong, um, is that, uh, I could not have a compatriot, uh, a BFF. Uh, somebody uh, like Maritza in my life. Uh, I couldn't do this without somebody like Maritza in my life. Uh, and I've never met her. I've never met her in person. A lot of people are shocked about that. I'm shocked about that. It's going to be so weird when we meet the first time. And the funny thing is she lives in Arizona. We can do And we always find ways not to do it. And that's just us. And that's all good. But I've watched this lady, this woman, this girl. Um, where she started was amazing in terms of graphic design. And where she is now. Holy shit, you guys. Holy shit. Did you see that Squid Game piece she did? That just started with a simple idea. Hey, I think I texted her, hey, housewives at Squid Game. Like, I don't even think I spelled it correctly. And that's what she does. Damn. If that's not art, I don't know what is. And I'm not even joking. That, to me, is art. That, to me, is frameable. That, to me, means something. That, to me, is like, oh, my God, look at what we've done in these two years, and you are a huge part of that. So thank you, Maritza Lopez. Also, such a funny, funny person. Like, really, really, she will always send me wild things. I, I really consider her family. Just like uh, my next person, Megan, I've thinked about. Megan's been on the show a bunch. Just like Maritza. Um, she has been my COVID pod 
person BFF as well. I actually do see Megan. Uh, it's like family at this point, and she is always uh, helping with ideas, trying to push me forward. Trying, I mean, it's like she's—I mean, she's a lawyer. She doesn't need to do any of this shit, you know. But uh, I mean, she really will. Uh, cause you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have my moods. I'll go up and down a lot. And she really, uh, helps me a lot. Uh, somebody new to the team, uh, Sandra, um, ha- has been booking the show now for, I, I don't, I'm so behind on what time. I don't know what time anything has been or at or whatever. She, um, she has breathed real life into these sales, like new life. I mean, in terms of, going out for big people or going out for people that meant something to me. And that's why I wanted to bring this up is that this week you're going to hear some people that's going to be weird. You're going to be like, why did Ryan, like, I don't, is that who I think it is? And it is. And there's a reason because these people, uh, meant something to me at a certain time in my life. Uh, that it's kind of inspired me to build the podcast that it's here right now. So it might sound weird. Some of these people, you might be like, huh, how does that involve reality shows? But it more involves me and this podcast. And it's, uh, I wouldn't say a celebration of two years, but it's more of a, um, uh, I don't know what I would, I got to think about what I consider it. It's not masturbatory. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back in any way. But it is one of those like, holy mother of God, I looked up to some of these people so much when I was a kid or that and just inspired me to uh, to try to do this. So you're going to hear some of those people this week. Uh, I still need to figure out how I'm doing these recaps. I do the Salt Lake one on the Patreon. I really want to recap Winter House. I had so much fun watching that episode, but like I'm now sp- kind of set on interviews for like the next week and a half or two but i want to put some recaps in there too so i know this is like overkill but i was like maybe i'll release two episodes some days maybe i'll just throw them all up on patreon but i don't want to be rude and, and leave people out because i'm not believe me believe me every Maritza, they all know i'm not trying to make money with this even though eventually i will um but uh i want i just want to try to throw as big of a party as I can. And yes, that includes the Buca de Beppo party. Now the Buca de Beppo party was supposed to originally happen in October and we were very close. COVID restrictions hit again. Um, when we went or it was like starting when we went in August to, I think that's when we went to set up everything. So uh, my thing is, cause I guess I can just like, we were going to get the whole place. Like Buca de Beppo, the entire Buca de Beppo was going to be ours, not just Dorit's room, which of course is the main event. So um, my thing is, I guess I'll hear this from you guys as well. I was thinking December, but then I was thinking, oh, that's the holidays. That's going to be too stressful for everybody. So then I was thinking January, but then I I, I, I don't know. So I got to pull the, the trigger at, at one of these things and just do it. And, uh, and I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate with you guys, celebrate all of this stuff. And I know it'll be fun because we have some, you know, special guests, if you want to call them that, that I do call them that they've already expressed interest in coming. So I'll be able to do the schedule to appear. So we're going to do BucaCon, baby. Buca de BeppoCon is going to be happening. That was never a joke. Uh, a lot of people think that was a complete joke. A lot of people think it's like the boy who cried wolf now. 
I'll post, like I posted an actual photo of Lisa Rinna in uh, like at like age 17 or 18. And people think that's like a Photoshop joke. And I'm like, no, somebody said it to me. I just posted it. I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't like not everything. I mean, I can understand why people would say that, but it's not. Uh, so Sandra, if you're listening, which I know you are, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for dealing with me on a daily basis. And guys, I know this isn't the Academy Awards. I just want to give credit where credit is due. I'd like to thank God as well. God, you know who you are, big man. Thanks for putting the win. <laughs> Oh, and also our friend Marissa, who's in, uh, who, 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 uh, told me you got to do the Facebook group, which the Facebook group is there. It's growing. I think it's okay. Um, you know, Emily Stalker as well has helped with that. Uh, but Marissa always throws, um, news stories my way or, or, or she'll, she'll flat out hound people, which by the way, uh, God love you. Everybody that's still going after Sutton for me. Don't give up. I really want to talk with her. I mean, you know, we're doing it in a classy way, but I really do want to talk with her. Okay, that's it. This went in so many different directions. Um, Probably not the funnest 32 minutes of this podcast history, but it's... it's, we're doing slick stuff here, guys. Slick stuff, as Garth Brooks likes to say. Let's get into this with Sophie, and uh, I got to do some commercials halfway through, and then I'll see you guys bright and early on Tuesday. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome to the week. I I really I'm ornery today, so I'm ornery. So I <laughs> I feel I I feel I have a weird vibe coming off me. So this is the weird vibe pod, and you can hear it in the. I think with the Sophie as well, we were just kind of like going all over the places being goofy and then just, I don't know. Sometimes you just, you're just not vibing with it. You know, I don't mean vibing with Sophie. I mean, vibing with myself, um, where you're just like, wow, but please still listen. I think it's great. I love you guys. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Uh, please be nice out there. Um, be mean to Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane. Be nice to everybody else. Bye. Welcome to your Monday episode of So Bad It's Good with Brian Bailey. We are going to have a great week. I have no basis to actually, uh, I have no fact. We could have a horrible week, but let's go with a good week. We're only on Monday. We got five days left. We always start this week off with the best. And that, of course, is uh, writer, comedian, model, Sophie Ross. Sophie, how are you? How would that? Let's soak, baby! Model. Oh my God. Thanks for slipping that in there. What the fuck is up, Batty Gang? What up, Soaker? Soak Nation. Let's soak tonight. Yeah, let's soak. Hey, guys, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, let's all soak and just take in that vibration from soaking. Um, (laughs) Wait, did you like my Alex Cooper impression? uh, Do it again. What the fuck is up, Batty Gang? <laughs> I don't listen to Call Her Daddy, so I don't know what she sounds Neither like. Neither do I, but that's what she says, I think. And uh, by the way, I just want to like, I think this goes without saying at this point. We've been doing this for so long, but like, there will be, a, uh, the fact I even have to say this, there will be adult themes talked about on this podcast. I am, I, you know, if you are not up for like a sex god podcast, this is not the podcast for you. I can direct you to a lot of more uh, tame, less sexy podcasts, but we will probably talk about something that might make you uncomfortable. And that says more about you than it does me. Let's soak. Okay, Alex Cooper. You're like, yo, this is a sex podcast. Yo, I don't know what yo. you expect from me. Yo, you ever put a D inside a V? What's up with that? Yeah, $60 million, Spotify. Um, oh my God. Seriously though, I do want to start off something that uh, Maritza Lopez, who makes these um, all the amazing graphics for this Woo. podcast. This, I mean, insanely genius person. 
I we were talking about soaking over text as one does with friends. And she sent me this and I was like, oh my God. Can, when she first told me about that, I was like, can you send me proof? And she's like, yeah, I can. And she sent me the, these Reddit pictures. Do you know what else is popular other than just soaking? What? I'm scared. Okay. So, so Mormon kids, and I, they're also putting their D's inside belly buttons. Excuse me? They're, they're, have, they're, they're, putting their inside belly buttons they're making love to belly buttons yeah like totally and so like she said ew, ew, because, i hate how you just said that they're making wait, love to belly oh, buttons. oh oh that's the problem oh that's okay that's the part that offended sophie you guys how dare you say make love how dare you say the religious way of uh they're you know, anyway making love what do you sophie what do you how do you think you came to be your parents made love no i just said the way that i just said it is they're fucking belly buttons oh come on that's so well, this is a family podcast and then you just make it so foul but anyways um so maritza sent me this um thing and she says uh, it's a, a comment thread on reddit and this girl says a distressingly large number of women don't even know where their pee holes are either. Combined with very poor, no sex education, I can see this legitimately happening. Oh no, Sophie just dropped out. Uh, she said she's having a bad connection with her computer. So, I mean, probably either she, she told me this might happen, but it could also just be, she was so disgusted with the belly button thing or the making love thing. Um, but anyways, we're going to keep going because she said she's going to come back. But what uh, what do you guys I mean, it, it's that's like why I know I'm starting off strong here. Like where there's nowhere to go but down at this point, if you're already bringing up sex with belly buttons in the first 10 minutes of a podcast. Um, huge. So I'm trying to find more of this discussion. This is a. Uh, Okay, so this nurse goes, as a nurse, I can confirm, had a really intense moment where I was trying to catheter an 18, well, okay, that doesn't actually, um, <laughs> okay, sorry, uh, research is not like my big thing here. Um, oh, okay, wait, someone once told my husband and I that one of the most beautiful things they recommended all couples do was to both trip down naked and say a prayer together before having sex for the first time. Even my heavily TBM self was thinking, what the fuck? What does TBM even mean? Um, okay, here's here's an article that Maditza sent me too from Newsweek. Couples couldn't conceive because they'd been having sex the wrong way for four years. Oh, I think Maditza said that she thinks these kids thought the belly button was the, the you know, the, the vagina, you know? And there's this Newsweek article that says a Chinese married couple who were desperately trying to conceive learned they had been having sex the wrong way for four years. This is a Newsweek, you guys. Oh, no. I mean, this is in Newsweek. That's a reputable. Wow. OK, the young pair whose identities have been kept anonymous. That's smart. Um, after the women failed to get pregnant despite having sex. Oh, Sophie's coming back in. Uh, during their appointment, the woman admitted that sex was usually painful, which prompted Lou to perform a gynecologic. Hey, welcome back, Sophie. Hi, sorry. Oh, I'm good. Sorry this happens again. Like my computer, I don't know how long it's going to hold up. It just keeps like dying on me. I feel like big summer house is a part of this. Um, anyway, I was just reading them a Newsweek article about this couple that couldn't conceive. And then it turned out they'd been having sex the wrong way for four years. They'd been having sex through the belly button. What? If this is in Newsweek. This is a reputable paper. This is a reputable magazine from what I remember. Um, what? 
Yeah. The couple just lacked a general knowledge of all things sexual. They had saved themselves for marriage, not unlike soakers and belly buttoners, you know? And they thought that it happened through your belly button. Yeah, no, they, there's they, no they, excuse for that. I don't care. Like they're like, oh, if the, if the lights are never off. learned, I don't care. If like, the lights are off, if the lights it? are off, and you're shy about your body, I could see maybe I don't no, know. No, absolutely not. There's no excuse for being that stupid. There's no. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what your background is. There's absolutely no excuse. Well, you guys, I like I said, we started strong already. You can't. There's nowhere to go but down from here. But I do have a personal question for Sophie. It's not about belly buttons or sex. But I saw Sophie Ross at a Winter House premiere party, which would actually then kind of go into what a lot of the internet says is that you are paid by Summer House and Winter House, and then you get invited to these parties and stuff to speak positively about it. Is that true? How did you get there? How was Luke as a kisser? All the questions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting paid off by a big Summer House. You're right. (laughs) It's a huge part of my um, income on the side. Yeah, of course. They pay you in lover boy. They pay you in spill off lover boy. No, I actually did talk to Luke. So I had met Luke before, but like only briefly. So I actually had like my first real conversation with Luke. And I actually was like, wait, Luke. And he obviously was his big premiere night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like getting pulled over. And I was like, wait, Luke, come back. I was like sad. I was like, Luke, we were vibing. He was like, suit and tie, hair slick back. Suit and tie, hair slick back. Dress me wild. (laughs) I met a girl named Sophie. Yeah. I bet she has a bed. I bet Luke's had belly button sex before. He wants to have sex with my belly button. I bet he does. Um, Okay, so right. I'm not going to tell you what I think, but what did you think of the premiere of Winter House, the, the actual show? And then we'll get to the party. Oh, I thought it was great. And by the way, like at this premiere thing, I was like, no, I actually want to watch the show. I was like, shh. Oh. It was like at a bar and everyone, obviously no one was actually watching it. I was like, wait, guys, shut up. I was like trying to watch it. But obviously when I went home, I actually like paid attention to it. I thought it was great. I, I think it was I, great I, I, I loved it. I mean, I lo- I yeah. I cannot wait. It is it is the exact thing. Like, unfortunately, you have to like make these guys drink until like Kyle Peace. Like, I mean, it's unfortunate because you really have to encourage like binge drinking. But at the same time, it's so damn entertaining to watch. Like, I've watched it twice, yeah. and I keep just finding little moments I love about. It. It's like. It's like these just smaller, like they're having a dance party in the living room. People are getting on shoulders. I loved it. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. It's like a great group. And I love that there are a lot of like single people because that's like where the excitement is. You do need single people, actually. If there wasn't enough Lindsay in the premiere, obviously she comes later. So there will be- But then she comes later and she like fights over Austin, which is just like- Oh my God, who do I respect that said they found, oh, my friend Danielle the other day said she found, like she'd been making fun of Austin like I had been. And then all of a sudden she said she thought he looked good in this sweater and I got livid. I was like, don't let Austin fool you, you know? Don't let him weasel his way in there. No, I can see the Austin appeal. Like when he is like, you know, being funny and you're drunk and he's tall. And he's on TV. Yeah, it's like one thing leads to another. Oh no, she left again. Wait, can you no, see No, no, I, I can't. You, yeah, I can see you. I thought you cut out for a second. Um, <laughs> I, I really hate that you said you understand the Austin appeal, but like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but by the end of the episode, you guys, uh, two couples were making out in the hot tub and like, hot damn, that's a good show. Oh, yeah, yeah, That definitely was interesting. An interesting end to it. I they ended that. the show on a, a shot of Paige's butt. 
They ended. The, did you notice that? Like she, yeah. her butt was, out and they focused directly on the butt. And I was like, that's so, such a weird shot to end on. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm interested for sure. I can already tell, like, I feel like people are like, it's so fake. Like the Austin storyline, how could anyone be interested in Austin? Like I said, I'm like, I can see it. And no, I can it's real. Sierra is like actually into him. Like you can tell, like they were making out in the hot tub. Yeah. And you're also encouraged by alcohol and the producers going, who do you find cute? Do you find Austin cute? So you're, it's like the bachelor where you're encouraged to like only think about these people kind of, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you watch Paige watch herself at the premiere party? Um, yes. Well, like briefly, I like saw Paige briefly. From, was like, Craig there? Um, Craig was not there. No, the Southern Charm boys weren't there. The only people that were there were that I saw. I think Carl left before I got there. It was like Paige, Lindsay, Luke, and then like Danielle and Robert, even though they aren't on Winter House. And Kyle was there. I think Amanda was hungover because she was at Dave's, Dave Quinn's book party. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, by the way, I wanted to talk to you about that this week as yeah. well. But um, the the Amanda-Kyle thing, you know, we were talking about, like, it works best if they're not couples. But they work perfectly because you have Kyle getting shit-faced and Amanda going, we're fighting about rooms, really? But that's all I want in the reality show is yeah. fighting over rooms. Like, that, that yeah, harkens no, back to yeah. real world, you know? Yeah, no, it's realistic. I do think it's funny though, because I'm like, why do Kyle and Amanda always get like the master bedroom? Just because they're like the only married couple. Like, you get the master bedroom every single time. Like, I kind of like that they were taken down a peg and like, you know, didn't get the master bedroom for once, even though Kyle like found the place, planned it. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle found the place. So if you find the place, unless somebody's pregnant or like uh handicapped you you, yes. you you should be able to have the master you know yeah for sure but it's like again it's like every single every single season kyle and amanda get the master bedroom it's like okay someone else can get it for once <laughs> so and what did you think of andrea denver the italian that everybody is loving I so like, far? no yeah it's like he's hot obviously i'm like does he have a personality other than saying people's names doesn't need to if you have an accent and you can just like he brought those ladies coffee in bed he brought Paige and sierra coffee and like they started giggling like that's how like when good looking people yeah. do basic things like like take out the trash they're considered like thor or somebody they're like a marvel hero oh yeah absolutely um okay Wait, so before we move on can we talk about how the Bengals won today oh yeah it's sports day for you and that's it was uh, sports day and the cincinnati Bengals beat the baltimore ravens no one thought they were gonna win and now they're not okay. only on top of the division the afc north they're on top of the whole conference the afc oh uh, is the super bowl next week is it the week after what are we when are we doing it if it were, then the Bengals <laughs> going, but no, we still have a long ways to go. But it's still exciting. So, P.S. How's your who's your boy, Steve Bannon? Who's the who's the guy that you love? Steve Bannon, no, Joe the, Burrow. Joe Burrow. Who's yeah, Joe Burrow. Did he do good? Did Joe Burrow do good today? Yes, he was incredible today. <laughs> do you ever watch him walk so into the stadium? Do you ever watch him walk in and see what he's wearing and stuff? Yeah, obviously. They always like post the photos of like, they're like on location. And it's like, <laughs> it's like business trip. And they're all wearing like, headphones and like they're, yeah. And he was wearing like an amazing green suit. Just so everyone knows. Green? <laughs> is he dumb? What a green suit. Who's wearing a green no, suit? Just, you have to see it. He just looks really good. It's all about making like a, a, a splash statement. 
Oh, actually, fun <laughs> fact. So Chidobe Awuzi, who's one of our cornerbacks who just signed here. Yeah, I think he's a cornerback. And he's Nigerian. And he is, I believe, from the same tribe as Wendy from Potomac. Wendy Osefo, yeah. And by the way, yes. Wendy's candles went on sale, sale this week and she sold out. She sold out her entire uh, run of, she sold, she said she sold out three months worth of candles in like two days. One wick candles. I, I have to question what the original stock was. Well, she I mean, was I, like, there I, was like 30 candles and she sold all of them. Yeah. Right. But they're like $45 candles. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, does that mean Karen's three wick is going to be 120 no, I feel like Karen is probably, she's more established in, you know, setting like realistic price points that people will actually buy. I think that that's like a misstep on Wendy's part, yeah, making huge. them so expensive. It's like $45 candles. So I think that maybe people will buy them like just for like the, you know, novelty of yeah. it. Well, that's and, like, I, I've got to stop with the novelty purchases because it like, I, I feel like now it's like the housewife stuff. Like I, I've said this many times, you walk into my room, you're like, oh, I'm going to die here. This is like a serial killer. Like he has like fucking like Luan candles and perfumes. And so like, I have all these housewives things and it's like, it just doesn't bode well being a straight dude, having all this shit in my, my room, you know? Yeah. And it like just adds up. Should I? Yeah. Maybe I'll just get a Joe Burrow poster and call it a day. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. There, there is something I wanted to talk to you in regards to Bravo. There was a rumor Dumois posted who I think is coming back on the show pretty soon. And uh, this is, I just, this was so ridiculous to me, but I wanted, there's two parts of this and I'm sure you read this already yourself, but it's, uh, it says Jackson, Brittany's new show, have a friend who works in development of Peacock. They're currently working on a reboot of Jackson, Brittany, take Kentucky. The show will follow the two as they leave Los Angeles behind and buy an old farmhouse in Brittany's hometown to restore LVP is producing, expect a few former Vanderpump castmates to appear throughout. This is part of a larger move to get more real estate shows on Peacock. And they feel like it might do well based on the success of Bravo's frequent marathons of Chris Lee knows best. Jax has been told to keep it quiet, but he's already dropping hints on IG Live. Should be officially announced within the next few weeks. Now, I had an immediate reaction to this, which is poor, but I had an immediate reaction thinking this was fake. What do you think? I don't know. It could go either way. Again, I'm like, who is this for? Like, if this is real, it's like who, it's not like Jackson, Brittany, take Kentucky, like did well the first time around. No, you got horrible ratings. Yeah, exactly. It's like, horrible. who is this for? And especially after everything that's happened, like no one wants to watch them. They're it's so for sad people. Yeah. So I'm like, it totally could be fake. Like, I don't know. But then again, it's like, I didn't someone on like another Bravo account. They were like, yep, it's true. Like, well, I, I think, I think that was me actually. Um, so yeah. somebody. Somebody then like, so I posted this on Twitter because I was just, I was angry because I was like, also Jax is known for like saying shit of like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm a spokesperson for a product. Then he goes on IG live and he like goes, I'm a spokesperson man groomer. And man groomer is like, we've never heard of you. Uh, So I got some from somebody that does know that's affiliated with Bravo uh, that, that DM me and said, uh, unfortunately, this is true. And um and I was like, no way. But it opens oh, up the. So you're like pretty positive if this is true. I'm, I believe me, I would be the first one to want to tell you that it is so not true. I don't, because also the Chrisley knows best thing, like everybody I know fucking hates Chrisley knows best, except for my one friend, Samaj, who loves Chrisley knows best, which is like, that's the only thing I worry about Samaj in regards to. But there is no, no sane person should like marathons of Chrisley knows best. 
No one watches Chris Lee Knows Best. I refuse to believe it. Serial killers watch Chris Lee Knows yeah. Best, I think. But so, so they said it is true, but then it opens up the larger conversation of, well, they they let Jax go. Like Jax said, he decided not to go uh, back to the show, but that's not true. He yeah. was let go. Kate Arthur from Variety initially reported that. Uh, so now all of a sudden they're backtracking and saying he can come back on the show. So does that mean that we're moments away from a Stasi show as well? No, I really just don't think that there's like an audience. I think maybe for a Stasi show, but for Jackson, Brittany, like there is just not an audience for that. Like if they're going to move forward with that, like good luck. Like that's why it's like, oh. Well, we had Vanderpump Dogs already and nobody I think really watched that. Yeah, and overserved. Like, yeah, these shows and fuck Lisa Vanderpump, honestly. Like, <laughs> to give these people a platform. Like they're trash. Yeah. Like that's frustrating to me also. It's like, why is Lisa Vanderpump producing? Like she's giving them a platform still. Like fuck off, Lisa. Well, I still, well my bigger than picture too is that like, I don't want Jax to be bragging about getting a show when Vanderpump Rules right now is suffering in the ratings. Last week's episode, I got to say, was dog shit. I'll probably be doing a recap this week about it. It's still going to be funny to talk about. But the week before, I loved with DJ James Kennedy and Raquel getting engaged. But it was a bad episode. And I don't want Jax thinking like, I just don't want the pious Jax of like, oh, look at me. I held out. It's like when uh, Claire from The Bachelor goes, you know, I waited and I deserve Dale. You know, just bullshit. I mean, I'm not worried about that because any show that Jax is involved with is going to flop. Like, it's just going to flop. It's I pray, just, pray to God. It will. Like, there's just no, no one's going to want to watch that. There's no audience for that. Fuck Jax Taylor. Like, there's just, no one likes him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting so way not, to find I'm out. literally just not concerned about that, honestly. Like, they might get one season of a show just like they did for their other show. No one watched it. Even less people are going to watch it this time around. Okay. Well, thanks and for talking like, to me down. I appreciate it. Um, did you, did you notice all of Kanye's like the masks are getting weirder that he's wearing? Yeah. It's really like freaking me out. I got one tip in the old DMS saying that Kim and Kanye are back together. And I know that sounds ridiculous. I just wanted to put it out there like Dumois. It might, I mean, this person had a lot of specifics, said they are back together. I, I personally just feel like there's no way in hell, but I just wanted to put it out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> and even if, yeah, even if they're trying to plant those seeds and spread those rumors for now, it's probably for attention. I don't believe genuinely that they would get back together. Because again, I've said this before, it's like, once you reach that point of like trying everything and like Kim had to deal with him for so long and like all of his like issues that he had, and then to get to the point where you actually publicly file for divorce, there's no going back from that. So I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I just feel like if you have tens and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, are you doing anything for the publicity anymore? I mean, yeah, because it's the Kardashians. That's how like the Kim Kardashian machine like functions. Yeah. Um, Kim Kardashian without being in the press is is no one. Hmm. Well, speaking of no one, Randall Emmett uh, and Lala Kent uh, this week we had major, uh, did they, did they not, uh, break up because we had story last week of Randall Emmett being spotted in Nashville with two, uh, young ladies. They went up to the hotel with him. And then 
Lala, we saw at a hotel with a Beyonce Lemonade song playing, but then the next day was back at Randall's house and a new episode of their podcast came on, which uh, was very awkward uh, to listen to. You could tell something was going on on Lala. Randall still seemed like Randall, but Lala seemed very uh, tight-lipped about Randall. Now we see that Lala is in an apartment complex with their baby and uh, supposedly she is uh, has put Randall on notice. What any thoughts on this? Well, it's funny because we were like just talking about yeah. how likely that would be. And I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I mean, now she has her, you know, she has the baby. She has her like not to, you know, be crass, but she kind of has her meal ticket for life now with the baby. Well, but she but, doesn't get any any spousal support because they're not married. It would just be baby support. Yeah. Yeah. Child support. Yeah. I call it baby support. Is it enough money? Is it, can, I mean, but my thing also is that would you stay with a dude that was cheating on you consistently? Like he's big, he's great. He's fun. He pumps you up. He gives no. you all this confidence, but like, Absolutely no, not. he I goes out and cheats. No, 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 no. I respect myself way too much. If we were in some, some sort of arrangement where he was like a hundred millionaire where, you know, I was like, okay, I can live this lavish life while you go cheat on me. Maybe I can see why some of these like NBA wives or whoever it is like do this. I'm like, okay, that doesn't look too bad. <laughs> but otherwise, no, absolutely not. Uh, well, I think about this all the, uh, all the time is that, cause you said that NBA player, like I always hear that rumor that if you're an NBA or football player wife, you have to accept that they're going to cheat on you. It's part of the deal. Yeah, because They travel so much. But wait, wait, wait. I've traveled places and I'm able to keep my like dick from doing weird okay, things. Okay, you're not an you're not a professional sports player. I, I can you're play I, in the city dripping in like, you know, <laughs> diamonds and chains. And, this podcast know. is getting very big, Sophie. I think you're completely If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather 
jacket. And I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. We will get back to the excitement in just a second, folks, but I wanted to... Uh, to talk about some products that are advertising on So Bad It's Good this week. And we love products that are advertising on So Bad It's Good. And these are both places that have sent me uh, samples. And you know, I love me some samples. And this first one, I had never, I know CBD is all the rage. I know that, but I had never tried it for some reason. Uh, and I've tried it and I love it. And I want to tell you about this company, Papa and Barkley. Um, so CBD and their products, they help with general pains, stresses, or restlessness. Um, and a all of us, I mean, that's where I'm like, yes, all of us listeners have all of those. I have knee pain. I have now back pain. I have pain pain. You know how stressed I am. I'm restless all of the time. And got to tell you folks, you know, I always talk about melatonin and then I have melatonin dreams and I got to stop it because it's really scary. I haven't been having melatonin dreams. CBD is not giving me melatonin dreams, and I am so here for it. So let's talk about all the benefits of CBD for a second, um, because it is hard to find reliable products. Uh, Papa and Barkley creates award-winning CBD solutions for pain, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. And unlike less effective CBD brands, they have an unmatched, clean, chemical-free, whole plant process with proven results. So my experience, they sent uh, me a bunch of products. They sent me uh, the Papa and Barkley Relief Double 
uh, Drop Strength Lemongrass. Um, they sent me the Relief Pain Balm. They sent me the drops. And they come in uh, just like this little, I don't want to say tincture, <laughs> like, like Shannon Bedore. Uh, but it's like just drops you can put under your tongue and then let dissolve or pills or, or bomb. Like I put the, um, they have this, uh, this pain bomb and I put it on the right side of my knee where it kills and it actually, it made it feel better. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And I don't know why I didn't try any of this stuff. I've heard about this for years and just never, never tried it. And now I feel like why this has always been there. Um, I only have so many free, free products and then I'm actually going to have to buy this stuff myself. So uh, Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm to ease his father's debilitating back pain. So from that powerful homemade balm that I was talking about, Papa and Barkley has expanded to a full line of topical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules, all made with 100% natural clean ingredients and whole plant full-spectrum CBD. So today, they are the number one cannabis wellness company in California, and with their new CBD relief line, they can ship nationwide. Their CBD relief balm delivers hours of comfort with simple, plant-based ingredients. In an at-home use test with over 300 participants, users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week of using the balm. Uh, I am actually not one of those 300, but I can attest to that. So the award-winning CBD oil Relief Drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. So right now, go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash sobad for 20% off your first purchase. That's huge, 20%. That's 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A and B-A-R-K-L-E-Y cbd.com slash so bad. I tell you, I'm not joking. I am getting my parents this uh, for their stocking stuffer. Um, yeah, they get stocking stuffers, so what? Uh, the next uh, company is called Uncommon Goods, you guys. So if you're on a mission to be the best gift giver ever this year, uh, it's. I hope... People are on that mission for me, but uh, I gotta get I gotta get better at, at this. And uncommon goods is where I start, you know. But it is never too early to start crossing people off your holiday shopping list. So whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, or your best friends, uncommon goods make it easy to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Uncommon Goods wants your holiday season to be stress-free, so check out their selection of thousands of items today. So here are my few of my favorite gifts that I have found on the site so far. Okay, so this is really cool. They have the website Uncommon Goods. They have it in sections. So like male, uh, no, sorry, women, men, kids, teens, dad, mom. And so I just clicked on men because I'm um, a man, man, pretty much. And um, so, okay, they have a glass topper cocktail smoker that helps with like, like it's like when you're making drinks, like when you're like Tom Sandoval at Sir, this is the glass topper cocktail smoker. It looks so cool. I want that. They have a make your own hot sauce kit. Uh, they have a nitro cold brew coffee maker, you guys. 
I am, you know how I like cold brew. I'm trying to cut down, but it, this is a cold brew maker. You have a grilled personal pizza maker. I'm telling you, I believe there's like 96% female listen to this audience. And if you guys have husbands or boyfriends, I'm telling you, this is place. They have a portable campfire. They have a, they have a Mars dust globe. It's like a snow globe with Mars dust. Yeah, I'm a geek. They have baseball park map pint glasses. I'm not into sports, but I love pint glasses, and they have them. They have baseball stadium blueprints framed. I'm telling you, I've seen your guys watch sports on your Instagram stories. They are going to love this stuff, and not just for guys. Like I said, they have it for women. They have it for kids. Uh, This place is dope as hell, and I want you to check it out. So who knows what holiday shopping will look like this season. Uh, It's very different every year now, the last couple of years. But the unique gifts and uncommon goods can sell out fast. So shop now. Get it taken care of early. Um, No matter what they are into, your friends, your family, Uncommon Goods has the perfect gift. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you could find just anywhere. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash so bad. That's uncommongoods.com slash so bad for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Uh, We're all out of the ordinary. I love that. And I'm seriously, you guys, I geeked out on their website. Just go check out their website. I think you're going to find stuff that you like. And now, back to the show. I'm dripping in podcast duels all the time. No, you have to actually put this into perspective where in the context of, you know, being a professional sports player where you're a famous freaking rich and famous athlete that's going to a new city every single weekend. And, you know, people recognize you and women throw themselves at you. Like, yes, that happens. The reality of it. Yeah, that's the reality of it. But in your opinion, though, since they are these famous athletes that are like, like amazing and all that. Do they get a free, like, it sounds like they get a free pass in your eyes of like, oh, you got to expect that. They're so, they're known everywhere. I I wouldn't put up with that, but that's just the reality of the fact that they can get kind of any woman they want. So if you don't put up with it, they'll find another girl who's going to put up with it. That's just the reality of it. I just don't see Lala being able to like, if Lala goes back, it's like she's going back accepting that she will never be able to stop Randall from like, just he, he does not want to not cheat bad enough to like, there's it's like Tristan Thompson. There's something broken in his brain when it comes to this issue. Like he's never going to not cheat, you know? Yeah. And he I might be a great that. provider. He might be a great father. I don't know, but he's always going to be a cheater, you know? Yeah. And it's like gross that anyone would hook up with him because he's disgusting looking. Yeah. But you watch him on the show and I, I kind of can like, he just pumps, he's like all positive and stuff like that. I can see him like, Ew. like wearing you down, you know? Ew, no, no. If Joe Burrows had a girlfriend in every state and he picked you for New York, would you be cool knowing that there were 49 other girl, 49, you know, 50 other girlfriends out there? Honestly, me personally, yes, because I'm a fan of him. So I would just be a simp. I would do whatever he wanted. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's just the reality of it. That these athletes are like, yeah, they have simps everywhere. And you just have to, you know, 
accept that. I don't think it's okay, but it's like, clearly this is just the lifestyle. But it's not okay. But then you're saying that like, but if it's Joe Burrow, then it is okay. So- no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I would go along with it just like everyone else goes along with it because it's just the lifestyle. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay. It's just the lifestyle. It's just the reality of the world. Um. Speaking of the reality of the world, we had the third part of the reality reunion of the show Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. Uh, Once again, you were on fire on Twitter. You really are able to sum up what a nation is feeling. What did you feel watching? Sorry, the second part, the second part of the reunion. What were your feelings? Erica Jane felt so rehearsed to me that I've watched now four times and now I'm impressed each time with how quickly she would respond to questions. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, she's just so rehearsed and I think she's a freaking liar. And I was so surprised like Bravo historian and like other people were like, wait, I almost buy it. Yeah. They were like, why do I believe Erica? I'm like, wait, what? Why the hell do you believe Erica at all? She is the clear, it's so clear as day that she's lying out of her asshole. I made fun of, I mean, Sam is Bravo historian and I made fun of him because Sam also pulled that crap halfway through the season where she was like, I think I believe Erica. And then she was like, then like two episodes later, she was like, okay, I totally do not. This is wild. Proven herself to be a liar all season. Why are people suddenly like, wait, but what? Actually, I believe her. And like, have you not watched her all season? But also, I like, I mean, I this is the question I keep coming back to. Is it like, okay, so like you're still like, okay, say she didn't know anything about the financial part of it. Like, is she is still like guilty on eight billion other counts of just being a horrible human being. Like, I mean, honestly, yeah. if you guys read the court documents of how hard she's trying to keep money away from these victims to fight for what her, like the, the money she feels is owed to her first, she gets mom, mama gets hers first before any money gets to these victims. If, if Erica Jane could have her way, but we um, just ask me, ask me, uh, just ask me any questions that come to your mind. doesn't have to be, but, but this is how fast she did it. Just ask me anything. But also, I want to say that it freaking annoyed me that clearly she and Kyle and like Rinna, like Kyle kept just like backing her up. Yep. Every single, she was like, oh, wait, wait. Like Erica was like, wait, tell them about your friend's friend who had Alzheimer's. Yes. She, oh, yeah. So they said that she had the exact that Tom had the exact the same va- the vacant look in her eye, the vacant yeah, I'm like, like just you guys clearly rehearsed this like it's so annoying and I hated how Kyle was like oh, Sutton didn't even know that she owned a baseball team it's like what does that have to do with anything and that's why I said I'll say I'll say forensic accountant is where you discover what you did um it, it's so you know watching it back like the first time I watched it through I didn't enjoy it I was like oh this is just kind of by rote and it feels like Erica got the questions ahead of time but it got more entertaining the more times I watch it through because just the little things of watching Erica kind of squirm and her thing was you could tell she was told by her law team if it ever goes too fast go hold on hold on and slow it down like so it's like pacing like a musician so Erica would control the tempo anytime Andy tried to go really fast and she couldn't do it because she'd be like what's the color of the sky blue what's the sun color yellow what's the color of the ocean hold on hold on no what you know like she would slow it down herself which is like a total technique you do in public speaking you know yeah yeah it was very obvious to me and I think to Andy too it looked like his face he like was not buying what she was selling and I think that it just 
shows us even more how soulless Rinna and Kyle are that they're still going along with her and Dorit. I mean, Dorit's just a waste, man. What a wasted season for Dorit. I mean, I saw a rumor floating around that Dorit um, was fired, but I think it was just a rumor. Yeah, I I wanted to talk to you about this. There's a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion rumors, or not reunion, casting rumors going around, like that Dorit has been let go, uh, that Rinna has been demoted to a friend, that they (gasps) were bringing. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that that they have brought on Leah Remini, uh, famed uh, ex Scientologist. And I got to tell you guys, all of those are false. They've already started filming. You can like, by the way, they've, they've acknowledged in a couple interviews, they said they're supposed to be filming next week. But if you go back and look at any of the pictures, you can see lighting at Paris Hilton's engagement party. You can see cameras everywhere. You can see Garcelle and Sutton are at an event in Miami right now. Garcelle is ho- or getting an award for something. And you see at the bottom of the invitation that it's being filmed for Bravo. Um, so they're like, I believe three and a half weeks in filming. They have the Halloween kills premiere in one of the scenes. They have the bar mitzvah of their daughter in one of the scenes. So they are deep in filming already. And I wouldn't blame them. They're not going to do any cast switch ups when they've had one of the best rated seasons in years. Right. I mean, I'm so hopeful that Rena will be demoted to friend up during the season. Yeah. Just like Sutton <laughs> was promoted during the season. No, that would be an amazing idea. I saw this on Twitter. This this season had such good ratings um, in spite of Rena, not because of her. Rena added nothing. So yeah, they can honestly, she makes my blood boil. She really she does me. I gotta I like so much. And yeah, people have been talking about this on Twitter that she is not f- fun to fun to hate watch anymore. We just hate her and we want her gone. And like it actually, yeah, she makes my blood boil. The gaslighting, yeah. again, like the gaslighting of Garcelle, like she just is the worst and she needs to go. I saw and so they can like film her whatever they want, but like they need to demote her before the season starts. I saw a tweet from my friend, uh, Hannah Brown, not the Bachelorette, but uh, that said, she's like, I've waited on Lisa Rinna before and I can tell you she is not a nice person. You always got to watch how people treat like service people. And like, I always thought that like, to me, those are like the most telling tweets of all when you get service industry people telling you how somebody treated you. And, you know, I think this is given, like I say every week, wind and rent sales that never deserve to be there, you know? And I also want to know if Andy ever ate the bolognese. Like, do you, I I feel like that you just like, I don't know, you'd get the shits or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Didn't she have rats in her kitchen at one point? She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, exactly. Um, huge news on Real Housewives of New Jersey front. We have uh, the news that Teresa Giudici is no longer going to be Giudici, Giudice. She has gotten engaged to her boyfriend uh, of a couple of years, um, Luis Ruinel. And we all saw on Instagram the huge, all the, like, eat your heart out, Travis and Courtney. You got Luis and Teresa on the scene getting engaged Uh, Did you have any feelings about this engagement at all? I mean, I think that he like seems very sketchy from what people have like, you know, found out about him. So it should be like interesting drama, but like a little bit, you know, concerning. I'm just curious to see their relate. Like we, we saw him briefly on the show last season at the very end of the season. So I'll be interested to see, you know, like the Bravo audiences, especially can tell if you're a bad person pretty quickly, you know, we see it. You're like, that's a bad dude. And I'm curious when we start to see him talking more, what the audience will think about him. 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, Courtney uh, Kardashian and Travis Barker want a baby together without any doubt it is being reported. Yeah, like I'm, I expect you, that I expect them to not pull out at one point. They're definitely having a baby, you know? Yeah, like I'm not surprised by that. I'm sure I think that it's been a known thing that Courtney wants more kids. And I mean, he has his own kids too. So yeah, it, um, I'm surprised by that. Have you, uh, you, the Bravo Nation has been kind of lit fire by Dave Quinn's new book, uh, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. Dave Quinn will be on the show on Tuesday, which we actually get to talk about the premiere party for this book, because we had a lot of rumors coming out of the premiere party as well through page six saying that a lot of the Real Housewives of New York ladies made a pact to leave once Ebony K. Williams got there. Did you read any about this stuff? Yeah, I did see that. I mean, that, this is wild, but this book, I mean, have you read any of the, uh, the book yet? It's excerpts. I haven't like read the book itself, but I've seen a lot of excerpts and yeah, it seems like it's like, you know, wow. And I'm also, you know, it should be noted that Brian Moylan, he was tweeting some stuff about yeah. he, cause he has his own housewives book that wasn't sanctioned or officially, you know, signed off by the, by the Bravo network. And you know, they wouldn't give him access to the housewives. And so they just ran away from him and had Dave Quinn write, you know, the same kind of thing. And I saw that Brian Moylan was going off. I don't know. And again, it's like Brian Moylan is also like the Erica Jane. It's like a whole complicated thing. And of course this helps his book too. Like if he keeps, like if he's able to piggyback off press for this book, it just helps Brian Moylan, you know? It does, but like it doesn't because like who's going to read two Housewives books? It's like once you read one, it's like who's going out and reading another one? I, I'm i going to read both. I'm going to yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Diehard Housewives yeah. fans probably will, but otherwise it's like, you know, the average person is like, okay, I'm probably good with like the Housewives expose. But I love uh, Dave's is oral history. So she, he just got to go and like interview these ladies over like Zoom, he said, and like, you know, somewhere in bathtubs talking to him. Carol Radswell, they talked for 12 hours. Like she wouldn't stop talking and he loved every second of it. But, you know, Andy was very specific in that he allowed a lot of people to talk shit about him in the book. Like Candace Dillard, Candace Bassett Dillard, uh, she talked shit about Andy in the book in regards to Monique saying that she tried to get Andy on the phone after the Monique table incident and Andy wouldn't take the call. And she yeah, yelled at him for it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was like interesting behind the scenes news. Um, and then speaking of uh, housewives, did you know Jen Shaw is in your town right now? She's in New York. Yeah, she did, did she a club appearance. She did a club appearance at Hustler, the, the Hustler uh, strip club. I have no idea what that is, but I did see that. <laughs> and there, there's a video of Jen Shaw on stage getting like a lap dance from a half naked lady. And the half naked lady was like, you could tell Jen was uncomfortable, like literally putting her like privates in and around Jen's face, face area. Ay, ay, ay. Well, <laughs> gotta get that money any way you can, Jen Shaw, before she goes off to prison. Uh, <laughs> um, Steve Lodge, Vicki Gunvalson's boyfriend, they broke up a couple of weeks ago. He denies cheating on Vicki Gunvalson, even though Vicki Gunvalson says uh, he um, he brought a younger lady into the place that they um, they owned together or something in New Mexico. Or something. I This is one of those things I just don't like Steve and Vicki, like, I don't care. You know, there's a point where you're like, well, it's not sexy. You know, like, you guys figure it out. 
I mean, it just seems like he was using her this whole time. Like, sucks for Vicky, but like, that's the story of her life. She's never going to find another Don. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Don is probably, I wonder how many Bravo fans Don Gumbelson slept with. Not the Twitter guy, but like the actual Don, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, he was a great guy from what we saw. He really was. He was just a mellow dude. Um, yeah. Jamie Lynn Spears announces a new book. She was going to title it uh, uh, a Britney Spears lyric. And then the fan, bash la- the, the fan backlash was so strong. She's changed the name of her book. It's now called Things I Should Have Said by Jamie Lynn Spears. And she reveals that her parents encouraged her to have an abortion when she was 18. So is this some kind of weird trickery now that she's trying to jump on the bandwagon of her parents suck too and she's pretty cool? Yeah, obviously. Like she's trying to like salvage whatever is left of her career, but no, no one should like buy into that. It's bullshit. Also, do you ever think about like how much they've misjudged people's interest in reading? Like we've got, I think I mean, we're good on books. Like we're like, we that we got the Dave Quinn one. Like nobody yeah. needs to write a book ever again. Like we are totally, and they keep coming out. Like how many people are actually buying these things? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, we've talked about this before that literally every Bachelor star like writes a book. It's like just what everyone does. Yeah. It's so weird to me. Um, uh, as we start wrapping up here, Scott Disick is spotted with a mystery woman after Courtney Kardashian's engagements. The 38-year-old was recently spotted at Hyde Sunset in West Hollywood with 23-year-old model Elizabeth Grace Lindley. 23, that's older than he usually goes. And he also feels betrayed by Khloe Kardashian because she didn't give him a heads up about Courtney's engagement. Do you believe any of these? What is your opinion on the he Scott? Feels betrayed by Khloe? Well, I guess because he's so close to Chloe, Chloe should have been the one to give him a heads up. I mean, okay. I think it's also, <laughs> yeah, it like sucks, but also like Scott has made his bed. Totally. Like it's sad that he's kind of like on the outs with them, but it's like, they don't owe him anything anymore. Like he had so many chances to get his shit together and clean up his act. Like I don't feel bad for Scott in any capacity. He can make himself the victim all he wants He's, you know, been a fuck up this entire time and he's a predator. Do you want him still on the Hulu show? No. Is he going to be on the Hulu show? From my understanding, he is going to be on the Hulu show. I mean, like, okay. He always brought like comedic relief, but again, it's like Scott is a predator. He's gross. Like, I just think in general, I'm like not excited for a Hulu show because it looks like they're just doing full glam again. If they were doing a real reality show where they were just like, actually just like being real and like hanging out around the house without makeup on and like being themselves. It's like, no, they're still like, you know, filming in full glam, full outfits. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Um, this might be a who cares as well. And I should have brought this up earlier when we talked about Jax, but Stassi Schroeder's second book has been titled. Uh, we got an excerpt uh, of what it is. It's called off with my head the definitive basic bitch handbook to surviving rock bottom. And then this is the, uh, the blurb, the New York times bestselling author of next level basic and fan favorite alumna of Bravo's Vanderpump rules returns from cancellation and pregnancy with the definitive basic bitch handbook for surviving bad days or years. Um, and so yeah, second book and I mean, this is a sensitive topic cause it's Stassi and I know she still has a lot of fans out there, but is it 
it feels weird to be doing a book on cancellation. I mean, like, what's your opinion? Yeah, it just writer? shows that she didn't learn anything. Yeah. She's already like writing a book about being canceled and like being at rock bottom. Like you're not taking accountability for anything. You're like, yeah, she hasn't learned anything. But again, it's like she does have a lot of fans. So I'm sure they're counting on all of those fans buying this book. But yeah, she's, yeah, she hasn't learned a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it's one of those things with like, how do you, it will be interesting to to see what happens because I really do believe if that Jack show happens, you will eventually get a Stasi show on Peacock at least. I mean, like, why not? If they're giving out shows, I mean, she's got, again, a, she's like, got a bigger fan base than Jack's. Again, it's like they can, no one's going to watch it. It's up to us. Like we really do control, you know, as an audience and as like reality show fans and as like the Bravo fan base, we can control who watches this shit. And yeah, they can, they can try. Good luck. Yeah. Oh my God. My Maditza also sent me, did we tell the, uh, Travis Barker's, uh, dick pic last week? Ew. Uh, no, it's, I didn't it's, see that. it's huge. It's huge. Uh, but I kind of want to see, can you send it's, it to me? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, by the way, I'm going to be sending Sophie a dick pic and it's not even mine. Like that's, that is wild. Yeah. But it's like, uh, Medita says it's always the skinny guys you got to look out for. Yeah, that's that's true. Lanky guys. Lanky, lanky guys. Um, okay. Um, uh, Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival has reversed its requirement for attendees to be fully vaccinated ahead of the uh, events next spring. So what they were going to do, they just want they were only going to let people that had been vaccinated. They reversed that and says um, now if you have a negative test or have been vaccinated. Do you agree that uh, kind of things should be, uh, restrictions should be lessened as we get further into things like this? Like concerts? No, not at all. I think that, you know, they absolutely should require vaccinations. Like, duh. It's I just, don't agree with that it, at all. I went to a couple of concerts this week and it was interesting just in like, uh, I saw Bon Iver on Friday and everybody, you had to be masked the whole time. Totally, like it was easy. It was an amazing concert. Really easy to be masked the whole time. But then I went to a concert. Come on! Oh, man, when you're when you're crying with 3000 of your closest friends that you don't know, it's just a, a powerful feeling. Um, but then I went to Jimmy World in Orange County and in Orange County, it did, it really didn't seem like a lot of COVID had been happening down there. Like nobody like I saw the guy checking vaccination cards, but it was just like you could have held up any sheet of white paper. Like he wasn't even looking if there was like writing on it. It was like so like, yeah, come on in. Yeah. OK, cool. And no, you didn't have to. They said you had to wear masks, but then nobody was wearing masks. Like it wasn't uh, enforced at all. It was just it, it was just interesting going out there in the real world and seeing how different areas treat these things, you know? Oh yeah, New York, they like require vaccination cards, but they like barely look at them. They're just like, okay. Like they don't even like look at them. You could easily show them like a white, you know, like f- flash card and they wouldn't yeah. even notice. Um, Ed Sheeran has revealed he has COVID and has to pull out of Saturday Night Live being the musical guest in uh, two weeks. And uh, so get well, Ed. Uh, And on that same tip, Taylor Swift teases that we are in red season ahead of album re-release next month. Uh, The red Taylor's version will be released on November 12th with a whole separate album of unreleased songs, including one with Phoebe Bridgers, uh, one with Ed Sheeran. uh, And it's supposed to be amazing. Are you excited for red season? Yes, I'm extremely excited. (laughs) 
Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, anything Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, anything, uh, anything TV wise, we had Salt Lake City, Potomac is wrapping up. I believe tonight might be the last episode or we're very close to the end of the season. Yeah, wait, I don't know if tonight was the last episode, but I did like, I was watching it tonight, like kind of in the background and same with Salt Lake City. A new season of Below Deck will air on Monday night, as well as tonight, if you have forgotten, Curb Your Enthusiasm comes back tonight, which uh, will be last night if you're listening on Monday, along with episode two of Succession. Uh, We're really in an amazing Sunday night stretch of TV. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else that I'm forgetting about pop culture wise? Uh, I still hate Machine Gun Kelly. Still hate Lisa Rinna. Um, Um, Anybody you hate this week? Any douchebags out there? I feel like, you know, it's just the same. The same douchebags that we always kind of love to hate. (laughs) Oh, no, Sophie. Sorry. Uh, God, I can't believe I forgot this. This was huge. Well, two huge things. Okay, so, damn it. Uh, Friends actor James Michael Tyler has died at 59. He was Dunther. Uh, he, a three-year prostate cancer battle. And that's why he was not at the friends reunion personally. And they showed him on video, but he was on 150 episodes of the hit NBC series. Um, his family said, if you met him once, you made a friend for life. So, uh, that is very sad. I mean, but what an amazing thing as an actor to have such a small part and be in the public consciousness, like he was able to do with that character, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then the, The last thing is also is the Alec Baldwin set incident on the set of Rust. Oh my God. I I meant to talk about this way earlier in the show, but uh, he was pointing a camera that was supposed to not be loaded or loaded with blanks. He ended up killing uh, Halnya. I I, I don't know how to pronounce the name correctly. Um, And uh, the cinematographer, and he wounded the director because there was a gun in there. Um, What were your thoughts on this, Sophie? I mean, it's clearly just like a tragedy all around. Like, I mean, a lot of people are using the words like accident, but then other people are saying, no, it's negligence. And I think that, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. And I think that people are definitely going to be held accountable, whether it's like the prop team. But it came out that, you know, the crew had staged a walkout because of unsafe conditions. And so the fact that Alec was a producer on the movie... And clearly, you know, would have been privy to, you know, this, that, you know, crew members walked out and they had been cutting corners, I guess, and employing, you know, non-union members to cut corners. So that makes Alec more liable than if he had just, you know, been an actor that had been handed a gun. But then again, people are saying, you know, when you're handed a gun as an actor, you're supposed to check it. Like that's part of, you know, I've never been an actor to to like handle a gun. Like, I feel like those are just things that- actors probably know well and so be i have i have been on set and they take that stuff very seriously like you're supposed yeah. to be like get all clear you have a cold gun gun on set there are all of these things uh ways that you're supposed to follow these rules that people get paid a lot of money to watch over these guns and it was a very new armorer this lady whose dad uh worked in the industry for a very long time i believe it was her third film and she even said in a podcast um, a while back that she was really nervous, but she was pushing herself and she was really excited about these opportunities coming her way. But yeah, like the thing, the thing where it gets dicey is that on movies and TV, you're looking to make your days. It's such a high pressure situation. And 
you know, it's a lot of money to make a movie. And like when you cut corners, which a lot of people tend to do to save money, people really like people can lose their lives as we see. And like, I think it will be interesting in terms of lawsuits and whoever's insured this movie uh, will, there's going to be criminal charges uh, possibly against the first assistant director, I believe, who is the one that grabbed the gun. There were three guns and I guess he grabbed the wrong gun, but imagine just being, and and no, everybody says amazing things about this cinematographer that she was just amazing to lose your life, trying to get the perfect shot. I mean, they were all trying to get this and make their day, you know? Yeah. And she had a husband and a child also. And Alec was photographed like with the husband and child um, so they're going to be taken care of clearly. And I'm sure, you know, again, lots of lawsuits will follow. It's a tragedy all around. And I'm sure, you know, Alec is going to be haunted by this for the rest of his life. Um, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tragedy. I had a thought like, or my friend said, and, and didn't say this in a mean way, but said, I bet Hilaria will be pregnant by the end of the year. Um, yeah, I don't know what she, it's funny because like, you know, she is a liability. So I'm sure right away, like he was like, shut her down, make sure she doesn't post on Instagram. Like you have to make sure otherwise she would be posting on Instagram right now of her, Oh, her disgusting videos of her, like breastfeeding while like looking while caressing them and like looking straight in the camera and like, Oh my God, she's so disgusting. She like sexualizes everything she does with her kids. It's really disgusting. Again, it's like she would be doing that right now. Yeah. I'm sure if Alec hadn't been like, you know, this is a big deal. Don't yeah. do I mean, this. I mean, this is beyond a big, this is like national news. And, and the other thing I thought immediately, which I hate that I'm so PTSD in a way, but my first thought was like, oh shit, Trump's going to release a statement about this and like go, ha ha, Alec, see what happens. Like, you know, like I just felt like he was going to be shitty. I, I, I felt like he was going to be shitty about it in some way because he's been like releasing these shitty things about Colin Powell dying and somebody else. And I was like, please, like, it's so weird to think that we live in a time where I'm like literally going, please, God, do not let Donald Trump comment on this because it's going to be something horrific. And I remember it just reminds me of those days with him on Twitter where it was like watching Lisa Rinna, where I would like get so angry, but then part of me wanted to get angry. Part of me wanted to read yeah, the bullshit it was, that he said, it was you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, what a tragic accident. And it seems like, you know, it's not, uh, there are people to blame in terms of safety, but it's just such a horrible accident that, that, that definitely shouldn't have happened. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of laws and stuff like that on movie sets, but, uh, just, they did not follow the right thing. So yeah, that was a huge story. Uh, so, uh, sorry that we didn't end on a, we really ended on a horrible low note. Oh, Selling Sunsets coming back November 24th for Thanksgiving. Ooh. There we go. That's fun. Yeah, I'm huh? excited for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sophie, is there anything we need to know this week uh, uh, for you? No, same old, same old. Wait, so nothing happened at Winter House? Nothing you observed at the premiere party? Anybody, any fights? Um, nothing? I don't, you're just going to have to like watch the show. Oh, Wow. That was weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch. I'll definitely watch the show. Um, Okay. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. So thanks guys. Bye. Uh Betches.